Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Today, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition and happy new year and happy 2022. Man, 2021 has been an exciting year. It's the year of people wearing masks and not getting enough, not getting enough oxygen to the brain. Let me tell you. Uh, I, I got a ton of videos, uh, crazy videos highlighting 2021. Uh, we're going to go through, you know, a lot of these videos talking about 2021 and just, you know, just crazy things on whether it's on an airline, whether it's at the airport, whether it's at a business, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, just craziness. And I, I think it's a combination of, you know, people just wearing masks and are not getting enough oxygen to the brain. <laughs> And and on, I joke about that, but I'm I'm actually pretty serious about it. Uh, and I hope everyone had a nice, safe uh, 2021. Uh, hope you uh, came across the other side there, and I hope you had a nice New Year. My New Year was great. I like to celebrate the New Year at home, uh, where it's nice and quiet, you know, and I enjoy myself. I try not to travel on New Year's. That's the one time I try not to travel. Try to stay home, you know, because I like to be safe and be with the family and just enjoy ourselves and just, you know, cook out in the backyard and all that good kind of stuff. So I hope everyone had a chance to enjoy your family and just enjoy each other, you know, because I don't get, you know, don't get a chance to enjoy the house and home and each other enough. And I wanted to just enjoy each other, you know, feel each other's presence and all that good kind of stuff. So I hope you had a chance to do that and come across the other side. I, I do want to talk about. Man, you know, is is you know, there's a new story that ran in USA Today, and it, it talked about how, you know, gun rights activism, you know, can it expose people to extremism? So today I do want to talk about does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy? I want to talk about that and get your thoughts on that. Does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy? You know, is gun rights and activism, you know, can it expose people to extremism? Is it a gateway? Is it the Second Amendment a gateway to extremism? You know, I want you to answer that question for me. Think about that. 
And that's that's going to be the tone that you're going to see in 2022. And so you need to think about that. You know, that's where the federal government is going to come from when they impose new regulations and new rules, because we're going to be shocked and surprised at what's going to come from the ATF. In 2022, the ATF is going to release. They're going to release uh, a few things and they're going to, you know, they're going to come after pistols, they're going to come after 80 uh, percent. They're going to come after AR pistols, AK pistols, and they're going to start regulating them. And it's a backdoor to registration. So you need to think about that because the fight is on and it's on everywhere. And we got three years to fight this fight. And so uh, hopefully in the midterm elections, something changes. Maybe you guys will wake up a little bit and, you know, and pay attention to the midterms, because if you don't, then we're going to have an issue. But, I'm, you know, I, I'm never surprised by the way our elections go. You know, whoever holds the White House, that person usually lose the House or the Senate. So that's typically how it goes. There's no surprises there at all. If you ever follow politics, you know, whatsoever, you know, but I do want to talk about does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy or, you know, like it like. The story said in the USA Today article, you know, I'm just curious, you know, is it is it a gateway? Is it a gateway to extremism? And I want you to think about that and what that actually means. Is it a gateway to extremism? So uh, the USA Today has an article that says down the barrel of a gun, how Second Amendment activism can be a gateway to extremism ideologies. And so it starts out, you know, by going to an Atlanta gun show. Uh, and it's a gun show that took place back in September of 2021. And, you know, and, and the, the author talks about, you know, how they were selling flamethrowers, hundreds of rifles, thousands of, of handguns and knives and body armor, survivor kits and medical supplies. Typically what you see at gun shows, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. You're going to see those things. You know, that's what people are interested in because you know why? People want to have fun. You know, I enjoy, you know, having fun. I enjoy firearms. I enjoy the joy that comes with, with firearms. It's, 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 it's something, you know, it's just like any other art, any other thing that people like. You know, there are people, you know, ladies may like shoes. Lady may, ladies may like purses. Uh, uh, people may like, you know, paintings. You may like cars. You may, you know, you have some type of niche that you have. And so there's, there's people that, you know, that love firearms. There's, there's a niche there. And so, you know, it, that's, what you see at gun shows, because that's where all the people meet that, you know, want to look at these, you know, different firearms and different, you know, new things that are out there. You know, so it talks about swords and boxes of sutures and night vision goggles, you know, and different little things like that. And so the gun show uh, like like this is, you know, have been part of the connective tissue between mainstream conservatism and the American extremism movement, according to this author. You know, uh, the vast majority of the gun owners are law abiding citizens, which they are. But experts and former members of the extremists far right said a passion of gun rights often serves as a gateway of radicalization. And I want you to talk to me about that. I want you to give me a call. And our call in number is 512-643-5483. That's our call in number. Give me a call and, you know, let me know what your thoughts are. You know, do you think that the Second Amendment is a gateway to extremism, you know, whether it's to the left or to the right? You know, because you can't say right wing extremism. You got to say extremism, period, because it could be to the left, Antifa, or to the right, 
you know, something else. And so it is one of those things that far right activists will use to get into the door is what this one person says. Uh, he was this this guy here, Jeff Shoup, was once the leader of the National Socialist Movement. And Jeff says the largest neo-Nazi organization in the United States. Now he advocates for leaving the life just like illegal immigration, guns, the gun rights issue. All of these things are gateways that can be utilized is what Jeff Shoup says. And so you have the Oath Keepers in law enforcement, you know. Uh, you have uh, NFAC, all the the all black militia targeted by the feds right now. You know, so let's you know, got to You got to add all that stuff in there. You know, there's you know, there's black, there's white. There's a lot of things that are going on. So you got to add everything into it when you discuss this conversation. Uh, so the premise of the novel and, and we're talking about a novel by um, it's the Turner Diaries. I want to talk about that a little bit has inspired white supremacists and far-right extremists, including dozens of domestic terrorists, since its publication in 1978. Uh, so there's some fears of gun raids exploited by the hate groups. And so there's a, there's a, a, a novel. It's called The Turner Diaries. And so the premise of this novel is the Americans have been stripped of their gun rights by a tyrannical government. And the first page refers to the gun raids and says what a blow that was to us and how it, it shamed us. And all that break, all that brave talk by patriots, the government will never talk. I'm sorry, the government, the government will never take my guns away. And so the government, you know, and, and then it goes on to say that and then nothing will you know, nothing but meek submission, you know, when it when it happened. So, you know, this, this, the Turner Diaries, you need to take a look at that and you need to look, read this and get your own interpretation of what this means and think about it for yourself. But I do want you to give me a call. My call in number is 512-643-5483. Come and talk it and tell me what your thoughts are. You know, is Second Amendment a, a gateway to extremism? Now, for decades, extremists have been recruiting and radicalizing supporters with the fear that the government is intent on taking Americans' guns away. According to Daryl Lamont Jenkins, an activist who has tracked white supremacists since the 1990s. Uh, so remember, you're talking about a circle of people who feel they need to fight a civil war. So, yeah, they're going to be all about their guns, according to Mr. Jenkins. Uh, this is just a way of galvanizing people. And, you know, and the galvanization is a very important is very important to these people. Jenkins you know, Mr. Jenkins here and Berger said uh, another guy that's with him said that gun shows were traditionally hotbeds for such recruitment. And I, honestly, I've been to gun shows. I've been to a lot of gun shows and I've never seen anyone recruiting anyone to any extreme organizations. Doesn't mean anything. I just I've just never seen this. So in the 80s and 90s, this was really the central node in a networking universe, Berger said. And this is where you could go to meet somebody when you want to find something, you know. Of, of course, it's a place where you go to find different gun parts, gun accessories, and things of that nature. Gun shows have been eclipsed by the Internet by networking with countless forums for cross-pollination between gun rights activists and extremists, according to Mr. Berger here. Although the spaces where extremists exchange ideas have, have changed. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about more about this. We're talking about extremism. We're talking about does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy? This is Michael Cargill, 
and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. So we're here's what we're talking about here. We're, th- you know, today I want to highlight the just craziness that's happened in 2021. You know, this year has been just insane. Where I, I honestly think it's a combination of us, you know, wearing masks too long and not getting enough oxygen to the brain. You know, I think that affects affects us mentally and physically. And so we're looking at right now. This is a video from a funeral. There's a young man, a a child died. Because he was accidentally, negligently shot by a firearm. And so this is the scene at the funeral, you know. And what do you expect? You know, you expect, you know, something like this to happen from a group of people 
who can't even keep a gun away from children. And that's what you expect. They can't even handle the job of being parents and keeping a gun away from kids and making sure their kid, their child is safe. So what do you expect is going to happen at the funeral? Something like this. They can't control themselves. They can't control themselves with their kids. They can't. They don't have the ability to parent their children. So, of course, they can't handle themselves at a funeral. So what else do you expect? And this is what you have. This is a funeral that happened in Texas. This is in Texas, people. You know, where a child was negligently shot with a firearm, and this is the outcome at the funeral, in the services, at the at the memorial, at the church, in the scene, you know, right here. This is it. This is how they conduct themselves at the church service. You stupid or something. Completely uncalled for. And this is the thing that we've seen all throughout this year, 2021. And, uh, and you need to see things like this because I hope that we learn from this and we conduct ourselves differently. Because as the men were fighting their way out the door, the kids, the children, the ladies were left behind and just in awe of what was going on. You know, you're the parent. You're the father. You're supposed to be the head of the household. And this is how you conduct yourself at a funeral in public. You should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed. A shame. And so that's why I want to I want to highlight these things. This is just it's crazy and insane how people conduct themselves. And then take a look at this. Uh, there's another clip here from an airline. You know, this is some, this is I mean, there's so many clips from airlines around the country of people just losing control because they're wearing masks, not getting enough oxygen to the brain. They just can't control themselves. I don't know if it's cabin fever We've been, you know, cooped up so long, you know, that we just can't control ourselves. I think we need to just really go outside, take a deep breath, inhale as much energy, as much as much air as you possibly can so we can treat each other, you know, a little better than what we're doing. We need to be a lot nicer to each other. Take a look at this clip here of an airline. And so they're, just, I mean, it's just, you know, this is story after story after story after story, you know, of people fighting, can't control themselves. This is on the airplane. This is how we can, nothing but animals, just complete animals, thugs, criminals. You should be ashamed of yourself. You have kids watching, you know, this is on the internet forever, forever. It will never be, <laughs> you will see this forever on the web. And this is how you conduct yourself, you know, out of the, what is it? You're gonna only going to be with each other for an hour, maybe, in, you know, 30 minutes. You can't even conduct yourself. You can't ignore someone and just ignore the discomfort that they're causing you for an hour. You know, that's, that's what we're talking about here. And so, you know, it's, 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 this is all of 2021. This is all of 2021. I do want to go back and talk about, you know, uh, the topic here of the USA Today story and of uh, does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy? You know, does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy? You know, because in the USA Today story, they're saying, hey, it does. You know, they're saying that it recruits. This is the uh, gun shows is the place that, you know, that recruiters in these extremist organizations go to, you know, to to meet their their new recruits. Uh, but what they're forgetting is, you know, and, and I totally disagree. I disagree with this this notion that 
the Second Amendment is a gateway to right wing extremism. I uh, because what does that say to me? You know, Michael Cargill. What does that say to Maj Ture? Black guns matter. What does that say to you know all the other instructors that we've had on this show in the years that we've been doing this show uh, that promote the Second Amendment that you do not see in a negative light? You know, I haven't brought anyone on this show that you've seen in a negative light. So what does it say about all those instructors all around the country, whether it's California, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Pennsylvania, whether it's Florida? What does it say about those instructors, you know, North Texas, uh, that promote the Second Amendment and are doing a wonderful job in teaching people the responsible way on how to handle firearms? You know, uh, in the aftermath of January the 6th, what some people are calling the insurrection, social media companies scrambled to shut down accounts sharing misinformation about the presidential election. Well, you know, that's what the article says in USA Today. I disagree with that because I'm telling you, they've been shutting down these websites. uh, They've been shutting down these groups long before now, long before January the 6th of 2021. They were shutting down these groups in 2019 and 2020. We've been getting our videos shadow bang on Facebook, Facebook long before now. We just finally just stopped even posting the video on Facebook. We decided to post it on other websites. So this has been going on quite a while. And we're not an extremist group. We're not an extremist radio show. Uh, so they've been they've been stopping the voice of opposition to their thought, their mindset long before now. Uh, so the narrative isn't limited to fringe media, according to this article. During the presidency of Barack Obama, when unauthorized militia groups thrived and Americans bought a record of number of guns, um, you know, according to this article here is what they're saying, you know, um, this this has been going on long before and, and President Obama was in office for eight years. So, you know, for eight years during his term and then four years of Trump, uh, when the your Twitter, your Facebook, your different social media outlets were actually, you know, contailing voices and shutting accounts down, they still couldn't stop what happened on January the 6th, what some people are calling the insurrection. Uh, so it still happened because you know why? Because uh, those voices are still going to get there. If, if people want to get together to meet to do certain things, they're going to be able to, to do that. And there's nothing you can stop it. So on January 13th, um, you know, a, a group called the Square saw a message posted on one of the channels, Corona Channel News, with more than 8,400 subscribers, and it laid out a guidelines to accelerate the radicalization of incoming normies and things of that nature. You know, this goes on and on and on about this article. So I do want you to take a look at it. Look at the USA Today. We come back from the break. I'm going to talk about you know more of what this article talks about. Going to get into the bottom of the article, um, and we're going to break it down a little more. But I want to ask you, does the Second Amendment promote white supremacy? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Williford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so I want to go to Los Angeles and talk about the L.A. police uh, killing a teen girl while firing shots at a male suspect. And this happened right before Christmas. And the Los Angeles police, you know, what they did was they basically fatally shot a 14-year-old girl who was inside a clothing store dressing room. And this happened, like I said, the Thursday before Christmas. And police also killed the male suspect. And what happened was there was a 911 call that went out. And it it said that there was a a, a person in the Burlington store in in North Hollywood there. And this person was uh, assault hitting hitting people, stabbing them, or whatever. And this person on the 911 call did say there were shots fired. And so you can see into the dressing room as it looked, it just looks like a straight wall of drywall. Uh, and, and I always tell people this, you know, when you're, when we're taking, we're talking about the use of force and deadly force and the lights to carry handgun course. We always talk about your threat and what's behind that threat. We talk about, you know, you're responsible for that bullet when it goes out. So if you can't hit your threat, don't pull that gun out. Don't fire that shot. Maybe you should, you know, run for cover or something like that. So, but if you can take the shot, then you take the shot and make sure you stop the threat. And keep in mind that you're going to be responsible for that bullet wherever it goes. So if it goes through that person and hits a wall and goes through that wall and hits another person, you're going to be held responsible for that. And it, it, it's that way for law enforcement as well, you know. And so the as we get into this story here, um, I want to get into little details of the shooting. You know, uh, let's see here. Uh, so the police were called to the scene, and this guy was doing a, a lot of stuff to people inside the store. So they're calling nine one one. Yeah, we need police here now. This guy's. You know, he's attacking people. He's trying to kill people inside the Burlington store. And so people are running for their life. They're hiding wherever they can possibly hide. And so this you know, group of people were in uh, uh, in the dressing room behind this little ply wall. And when the police, you know, came in with ARs, uh, they saw the perpetrator. They shot the perpetrator several times, shot him. And then one of the bullets went through that, you know, went past that guy hit the wall, went through the wall, and killed and also injured someone else inside the, the dressing room as well and killed a 14-year-old girl. Um, he, he, you know, and he, you're, I'm sorry, you know, you're responsible for that. You are responsible for this little girl. Yeah, and you got to remember that. You know, you have to look at, you know, when you're, you're looking at things, you're responding to different things. You got to look at, 
you know, what weapons this person has. If, you know, if you know, they're, they're firing at you, you see a gun, they're firing shots, boom, you stop that person. But you got to remember where your shot goes. You got to hit your threat. You got to neutralize that threat and, and make sure that you don't hit anything else. Um, also, I want to go to Chicago. Man, Chicago. Do you know uh, that Chicago hit an all-time high of homicides this year? All-time high. As some other cities, including Austin, Texas, we hit an all-time high of homicides. Austin, Texas, baby. That's right. All-time high of homicides. But before we talk about those homicides and all-time high numbers, uh, there was a shooting in Chicago. Uh, police in Chicago suburbs released two photos of an at-large suspect early Friday as a, as a manhunt continued following the shopping mall shooting. Uh, the gunfire around 5.44 p.m. at the Oak Brook Center Mall in Oak Brook, Illinois, sent Christmas shoppers running for cover, uh, and the Oak Brook police officer who was working in extra detail at the mall immediately responded, receiving help from other responding officers as well as mall security, according to the police. The investigators recovered two handguns at the scene. Police said, in addition, police located a vehicle that was registered to one of the suspects. The identities of the suspect and victims were not immediately released. And authorities believe the incident started when two armed people and a companion began engaged in a confrontation. And, we, and they believe that the two individuals that were known to each other shot at each other and potentially three would have been struck by gunfire either directly or by ricochet. And this is the scene that we see all over the country. When it comes to a lot, the majority of your gun violence and majority of, uh, you know, these shootings and things of this nature, and these shootings are being caused by, you know, people that know each other. They're, they're familiar with each other and they're uh, going after someone else, whether it's domestic violence or something like that. Uh, the four people wounded by gunfire were taken to a hospital with non likely threatening injuries. But the problem is, the, the problem, you know, pops up is that if I'm out with my family and someone has a beef or an issue with someone else where it's domestic or whatever, and you happen to be there and they start firing shots, unfortunately, those bullets, you know, don't have a, you know, anyone's name on it. And they can go anywhere if the person's not, you know. And, and, that's, and that's what we've seen here in Austin, uh, where people will pull out guns, start firing shots, and just all innocent people will get shot. And they never hit the intended target of the firearm. Uh, the wounded suspect was shot four times in the left thigh, right thigh, right calf, and lower back, according to the police. And two women, both in their 40s, also were shot both in the left thigh. A woman in her 20s was shot in her right foot, according to the authorities. And a fifth person suffered an ankle injury while fleeing the area. And the mall, of course, was on lockdown, and the scene was declared clear 11.55 p.m. that night. And this happened, like, really early, you know, in the evening there. And so this is, this is, you know, and that's why what I do is whenever I go out, I make sure, one, I have an out. You know, I make sure I have a plan for my family. I make sure that uh, we use a code word. We're out, you know, we're shopping somewhere. We have a code word. I can text one of my family members. I can, you know, talk, grab the phone, say one word over the phone or a little text message. Let them know there's, a, there's something, there's an emergency. We need to kick a plan in a place. Uh, get to you know get to safety immediately just by texting that one word, um, and y you always know where your exes are. You know, always come prepared. You know, because it's up to you. And as I'm not trying to protect anyone else, I'm only trying to protect myself and my family. So I'm trying to get out of there and get my family to safety. 
My job is not to be a hero. I'm not law enforcement. Um, I wouldn't pull a gun out and wave a gun around because police officer responding and they may confuse you with a bad person. So the idea of going into your vehicle, your truck, or whatever, getting a gun and coming back inside the building is not an option because you could be confused with the person that's actually committing the crime. And so police officers are responding to shots being fired and they're not going to pay attention to wounded people. They're looking for the shooter and they they may confuse you with the shooter. And then also other people may see you with a gun and give your description to law enforcement that you're the shooter because they hear shots and they turn around and see you with the firearm. And that's where the situations become very confusing for law enforcement. So also keep that in mind. And because when police arrive the scene, they're always getting, you know, getting conflicting information from witnesses and different stories because people are so they're so wind up so tight and confused and scared and shaken and just saying just all kinds of crazy things. And so information gets really convoluted and very confusing. Right. Um, also, bad self-defense. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Bad self-defense. Uh, before we go to break here, uh, man, let me tell you, you play stupid, stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Now, this is a video. This is a video uh, of a guy that was going to an ATM machine, and he's going to an ATM to get money out of BB&T ATM machine. And this happened in Miami, Florida, southwest, uh, well, Miami-Dade. And it was a southwest portion of Miami there where he goes to the ATM machine to take money out. And three guys try to rob him while he's trying to take money out of the ATM. And he defended himself. Great job. You know, this guy had his gun. He was prepared. He had his firearm with him. He pulled up to ATM, you know, goes in, puts his code in, you know, gets ready to put it, gets ready to put his code in. These three guys approach him. He sees them. He identifies the threat. He pulls out his gun. He shoots him, stops that threat. And then he pulls off and gets out of there, gets himself to safety. You know, I love it. But take a look at this video here of what happened. So this guy takes us a step further. And here they go to it. He gets out. He gets out the vehicle. He removes the firearm from the the guy that he shot on the ground. He pulls out, and then he makes a mistake of coming back. He actually takes the gun from the guy laying on the ground. He circles around. He comes back. He's on the phone with nine one one. He takes the gun, the gun that he has from the guy that he's taken from the ground. He turns around and shoots that guy with his own gun while he's on the phone with nine one one, saying he has seeing that someone's firing shots at him. And that's where he makes a mistake. He was fine with defending himself. He was fine with stopping that, you know, the, the, the guy shooting this guy, stopping that threat, pulling off. He was good with that. He was good with taking, you know, removing the guy's gun. He's fine with that. I'm all good with that. But his problem is when he came back and he used that guy's gun to continue shooting the guy that was on the ground, continue to shoot at him, that's excessive force, and now he's going to go to jail for the rest of his life because of that. You know, and it, it just, you you got to, this is when classes come into play, and this is where common sense come into play, this is where conflict resolution, and this is where you can't let the adrenaline, you can't get the anger, you know, of what happened to you take over you, 
you know, you, you, you got to calm down, you know, grasp a hold of that situation and say, okay, you know, this is what happened. Let me grow, call 911. Let me get out of here and let me try to sell down a little bit. Let me, you know, just get a hold, get that adrenaline, pull that adrenaline back down. And unfortunately, this guy took it a step further and now he's going to go to jail. He's done now, unfortunately. And this happened in Miami. Uh, this is, you know, this is one of those crazy things that happened, you know, and this video came out this year and it's just insane. This is another video of 2021. I want you guys to see. And there's so many of these. There's so many of uh, different videos of 2021 of people just doing crazy things. And I, I don't want us to repeat these things in 2022. Um, we come back from the break. <laughs> I'm going to play a little video of the, uh, the ATF. We're going to make a little fun of the ATF here of pistols and rifles and AOWs and short barrel rifles and short barrel shotguns. You know, I'm going to ask you, you know, you, we're going to, Show you some pictures here. I'm going to ask you: Is it a, is it an AOW? Is it any other weapon? Is this considered an AR? You know, an, a rifle? Is this considered a pistol? Is this considered a short barrel rifle where you need a, a tax stamp for it? It really gets confusing. It gets confusing, and you need to understand that in 2022, we're going to have it's going to get even worse. In 2022, you're going to have the ATF impose some rules and it's a backdoor of registration of firearms and it's coming and you need to get ready for it so you have an ar pistol and it's not it's not an sbr they're going to impose some rules and regulations on that it's coming get ready for it this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it this is coley on the war and you're listening to come and talk it with michael cargill Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, let's talk about violence. Let's talk about crime. Let's talk about homicides. You know, Austin, Texas is the fastest growing city in the country. The fastest growing city. And the capital of Texas, Austin, you know, it's nearing it. We're, we're at the end here. It's, we've gone through 2021. And do you know that we've had more homicides in 2021 than any other year on record? I believe uh, 89 homicides, I believe, unless I missed one. I think we're at 89 uh, for 2021. And uh, it, it's pr that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Um, the Austin police chief, uh, Joseph Jacone, called the increase in violent crime disappointing, especially for historically safe communities. Uh, he said that when you see the numbers spike like this and we're trying to figure out exactly why that's happening, according to Jacone, there's no clear cut answer. We haven't found that one trend that we can really pin this on. And I disagree. Um, the problem here's the problem. You know, if I was king for a day and they said, OK, Michael. We're going to put you in charge of, you know, our personal safety. Here's what I would do. Uh, one, I would increase the amount of police officers that we have in this city. Uh, the, the number of police officers per civilian is unacceptable, you know, especially when you're driving around town. And you don't see a police officer at all. I think that's unacceptable. So I would quadruple the number that, of police officers that we have. In the same breath, I would also hold police accountable for things they do wrong. So I would give the police oversight, you know, the organization a little bite. 
I would give them the bite of a king cobra. So when they snap, they bite, it actually kills and stings. So in other words, when a police officer does something wrong, they're going to be held accountable, punished, put in jail, prosecuted, investigated, and the police oversight need to have that authority. But I would quadruple the amount of police officers that we have and increase their budget three folds. They need to have more money, more resources, more officers on the ground. And then when they do do stuff wrong, when they do step over, uh, step over that line, they need to be prosecuted for stepping over the line and put in jail. You know, not, you know, not slap on the wrist, uh, not we've come to investigate ourselves and we found that we've done we've done nothing wrong and we're going to move on from here. No, that's unacceptable. And that's why we're in this predicament, because the fact that. We have allowed police officers over the deck for years, forever, to investigate themselves, to find themselves of doing no wrongdoing whatsoever, and that's why we're in this position. Instead of doing that, hold them responsible, hold them accountable for doing things wrong. And then in the same breath, appreciate the good officers and increase the amount of officers. And then downtown 6th Street, very simple, piece of cake, block it off. Just like we do South by Southwest, any other event, you know, you know, block that area off and have checkpoints. You want to go in? Fine. We're going to go in. Before you go in, you're going to get search, check, because this is treated like an event, a festival. Search them, check them, make sure they have no weapons so people can go in and have a great time and don't have to worry about, you know, getting stabbed or shot while you're, you know, on 6th Street. And that reduced crime. And in, in the same breath, you're checking IDs to make sure that teenagers, people that are not supposed to be there, are not there. Since our parents can't, you know, parents can't parent their kids and keep their kids, you know, from clean Texas, you know, from downtown Austin at two o'clock in the morning. Because you don't know where your kids are because you're terrible parents. You know, so you unfortunately, since the parents are not doing it, we have to do this in order to keep our streets safe. There's no reason why, you know, 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds are on 6th Street at 2 o'clock in the morning with fake IDs going in and out of clubs. And it's obviously the bars and the clubs can't do what they're supposed to do because they're not hiring. They're bouncers or security is not doing their job. So we're going to have to do this. Block it off. Check people. Wand them before they go in and make sure they're safe. And let's weed out the bad people and let's get them out of there. That's how you reduce the violence to zero on 6th Street. And that's how you re reduce crime and control what's happening in this city. It's very simple. It's, it's not rocket science. As far as the homeless situation, there's no sitting. There's no lying. You know, let's clean these people up, you know, because what they're doing is as you let them sit and lie, when nighttime rolls around, you know, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, they're going out and they're committing crimes. They're breaking into places. They're breaking into cars. They're breaking into businesses while they're, you know, you know, camping out behind the businesses or on the streetway there. You know, they're committing these different crimes, and we're allowing these people to do this, and we're not, you know, checking this stuff at all. And so this is how we're going to create the situation and create a safer society. That's how I would fix it. So there is a way to fix it, and it's very simple. But we don't have the cojones to go out and do this. You know, we, we can't dig deep, grab ourselves, and say, you know what? We're going to handle this, and we're going to make sure that, you know, my kids, when they're walking around the neighborhood, they can feel safe. You know, I, I can go walk my dog and feel safe. You know, we, we got to do these things, you know, in order to – there should be no reason why, you know, going down the 6th Street – going downtown 6th Street cannot be fun like it used to be. It should be fun. We should be even enjoy ourselves. 
I shouldn't have to take a gun to protect myself on 6th Street. I should be able to go out, have fun, have a drink, get several drinks. I should be able to get lit if I want to, call an Uber to drive me home. That's how it should be. You know? And same thing for New Year's and every, and every other day. And so there is a fix for this. So I totally disagree you know, with how our leaders are doing this. And until people wake up and smell the coffee, if you continue to vote for these same people, the same type of people, whether it's the same Democrats or liberals in office, you're going to get the same results. So you're going to have to vote for other people. There's got to be a balance there. And you can't continue to do the things that they've done in California. Those things in California have not worked. They're not working. And so the fact that they're not working, you've, people have left there because they destroyed that state and they're running out of that state in droves. You're bringing those ideas here and it's not working. You're now changing Austin. What was great about Austin is not Austin anymore. What was beautiful and the reason you came here in the first place, you have now come here and you poisoned the well, you poisoned the water, and you've turned into something else. we got to get back to the basics. We've got to do this to maintain our sanity and our safety for our kids, my kids, you know, and, and going forth. You know, because obviously parents can't parent their kids because they're so busy. We've created a society where people are busy working to support their family. They can't parent their kids because they're busy out and about and they're working. And so it's, it's just one problem on top of the other, and something's got to give. And, it's, and we've got to do this in order to get back to some type of normalcy. Um, and this this thing of like, and I joke about the face mask. Honestly, I'm serious about it. You know, this thing of you know putting on face mask and you're getting they're not getting the oxygen to the brain. I'm telling you, that is a thing. You know, if people just can't control themselves, and, and it all everything everything comes together, and all it's all part of the same problem. And so you know, we we got something's got definitely has got to give there, and um. Also, Austin is part of a warring trend facing the nation. You know, more you know more than two-thirds of the country's most populous cities have seen more than homicides, you know, more homicides in 2021 than last year. Do you know that? That's crazy. A continuation of a troubling increase in homicides. And and if we continue on this track, we're gonna see numbers in 2022 that we've never seen before as well. Uh, the rise in violent crime is an epidemic that is happening all across the country. And at least nine major cities have broken their previous annual homicide records with about three weeks. You know, and, you know this, this story here was written three weeks before the end of 2021. Three weeks before. You know, there have been 513 homicides this year in Philadelphia, uh, according to, you know, at the date of this article here. Uh, there are 503 in 1990 in Philadelphia. There have been 230 homicides in Indianapolis, and they hit 2,215. I'm sorry, 230, and they had 215 the previous year. Austin is crazy. Typically in Austin, we get we have 40. We're right around the 40 homicides. We hit 89. We've doubled our numbers. We've increased the amount of homicides more so in Austin than any other city in the country. And if you, that is not a wake-up call, for the leadership of Austin, Texas, I don't know what else is. And you have this Austin mayor. Is one of the five safest big cities in the country. And you, and you have this mayor is stepping out of office 
under these numbers. He should be embarrassed and ashamed of himself. Totally embarrassed. If I was on city council, if I was a city council member, oh my goodness, I would be screaming from the raptures. Something's got to be done. My name is Gregorio Eduardo Casar, and I'm proud to be your council member. Ha! Boy, I tell you. And he's running for Congress now. Insane. If you continue to do the same thing, what do you call that? When you continue to do the same thing and you get the same results, what do we call that? What do we call that? Just think about that for a second. We come back from the break and we get more into some of these videos. There's so much I want to show you for 2021. I'm going to run out of time here, uh, but there's so many different things I want to talk about. Yeah, uh, but we come back from the break. We'll talk about those and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So I, and I also want to talk about the crime report. I want to give you some stats here. So according to the crime report uh, from the FBI, uh, homicides rose 30 percent from 2019, 2020, 30 percent in the country. That's the largest single year increase uh, that agency has recorded since it began tracking these crimes in 1960s. And wait until they come out with their report of 2021. I think we're going to pass that number for 2021. Uh, there were more than 21,500 murders last year. A total, uh, this is 2020, a total not seen since the mid-1990s. But the murder rate in, in 2020 was almost 6.5 per 100,000 people, about 40% below what it was in the 1980s and 1990s when homicides peaked in the United States. The pandemic, like community gun violence, concentrates among the poorest and the most disenfranchised people. Uh, and at the same time, the institutions that are responsible for, res for responding to violence, including police and community organizations, were also placed under stress and pressure. Uh, because when they do things wrong, they can't police themselves. You know? and, and we don't and our DAs and our you know, district attorneys don't prosecute them. For things they do wrong when they do do things wrong uh, we're seeing uh, policing police pulling back in some cities from some of their discretionary law enforcement activities and we're also seeing communities pulling back from their ongoing collaboration and cooperation with you know with each other and you know the final factor experts say is causing violent crime to go up as a huge surge in gun sales that began at the beginning of the pandemic has not slowed down according to some other experts. And so what you're seeing is, um, you know, people are saying, look, I need to take my own personal protection in my own hands and protect myself and also protect my family. Yeah, because law enforcement is not responding. They're not there because we don't have enough police on the ground. We need more police. We need more law enforcement. And we also need to hold them accountable for things they do wrong in the same breath. I cannot stress both of those at all. And that's why we're in this predicament that we're in today, because we're not holding them accountable. I do want to talk about um, uh, this father. I think this was out of, yeah, this is out of Florida. 
A father brutally beats a man caught sexually assaulting his son. This is my this is one of my the best the best interviews I've seen in 2021. You know, so it's a father who brutally beats a man caught sexually assaulting his son. And this father goes on to say, look, I would have beat him. I, 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 I wouldn't have stopped beating him. The only reason I stopped beating him is because I went to go get a knife or something, get something else, you know, to, <laughs> to continue the job with. That's the reason why he stopped beating this guy. Uh, so take a look at this, this interview here. Listen to this. Out of Florida. Standing before a judge charged with sexual battery, his face swollen and bruised. Daytona Beach police say Frolander was beaten by the father of the victim. I attacked him viciously and I didn't stop. The only time I paused was to go to the kitchen and retrieve a butcher knife because I was going to kill him. This 35-year-old father, Jason, says he walked in on Frolander, a family friend, attacking his son. Jason told police he went out for a bite to eat and when he came back, he heard something in the bedroom. Found my son. Raymond in the room. He called 911. I just walked in and found a grown man molesting me, and I got him in a bloody puddle for you right now, officer. When Daytona Beach police showed up, they found Frolander unconscious. He was taken to the hospital, then to jail. Police say Jason won't face any charges for the beating because he was protecting his child as a crime was being committed. Police also say Frolander admitted to the sexual battery. Normally, we would not show the face of a father whose son had been sexually attacked, but this father wanted to show his face and let you know he thinks his son is a hero. Because I was going to kill him. My son stepped in front of me and saved his life. He just looked at me and said, sir, and he shook his head and said, no. And I just put the knife down. I just wouldn't traumatize him any more than he already was. Jason says his family is trying to heal, but he felt he needed to talk publicly about this case to let all victims of sex crimes know they do not need to be afraid to come forward. Now, you do, you, you do know that some cities have not seen an increase, like St. Louis. St. Louis usually is at the top of the list as number one with homicides. Do you know St. Louis has seen a decrease in the homicides? Uh, St. Louis, which in 2020 had its highest murder rate in 50 years, has recorded 190 homicides as of December 29th, which which is 73 less than 263 the year prior. So in St. Louis, they actually went down in homicides for 2021 compared to 2020. And there's some other cities that, you know, have seen this trend as well. But then, you know, here we are in Austin, Texas, baby. Yeah, baby, Austin, Texas. Uh, we are, We have a different trend because we're not learning. We're not doing something different. We got to put someone different in office uh, to make sure we're not seeing this trend continue in 2022 and 2023. The decline in St. Louis, you know, they've seen, uh, it, and there's really isn't one def definitive answer as to why, but the criminologist at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and a member of the Council on Criminal Justice Violence, which has been, they're saying, hey, this year, analyzing the sharp rise in homicides across the country, you know, tells them, yeah, man, something's something's going on. And and I think it's the pandemic. I really do. I think it's, you know, the the natives are restless. They've been cooped up for so long. And man, you know, because if you don't love the person that you're with, uh, <laughs> uh, something's got to give. Yeah, something's definitely got to give. Um, let's see what I want to go to next. Colorado. Colorado shooting spree. Let me talk about this. Yeah, so there's out of Colorado, there's a shooting spree that happened in Colorado. At least four people were dead, three injured in Denver area shooting. 
And this happened, where was this at? This is a mall. Uh, so shooting spree has, has left five people dead and three injured, including including a police officer, following a running gun battle across Denver in, in a neighboring suburb. Authorities say the suspect, who they have not yet publicly identified, is among the dead. Police believe the suspect fired a firearm in at least seven different locations across Denver, Lakewood, Colorado. And Denver Police Department Chief Paul Ponzan said the shooting spree began a little after 5 p.m. And the suspect shot two adult women and one adult male. Both women died and the male was injured. According to police, shortly after the suspect shot another male in a different part of Denver, killing him, police believe there was a third shooting in Denver, but no injuries have been reported there. And so um, to see this this type of spree takes place is not normal in, in their community in Denver is what uh, the, the police chief is saying. He said this is one individual was responsible for the very violent crime spree that took place, you know, on that day. And it's it just went from place to place, continue to shoot. Um, and but I do want to keep it, you know, want to remind you of this, that majority of these shootings that we're talking about, you know, people typically know each other. It's not typical for someone to actually go after anyone, you know, uh, uh, anyone who they don't know intentionally. But the problem is when they're firing shots, going after their target, they're shooting a lot of times because of their marksmanship, they're shooting innocent people. And that's where you get caught in a crossfire. Because I get people that come to class and they say, you know what, Michael, the reason I'm coming to this class is because every now and then I go to bad areas. But that's not where things happen. Just because you're going into a bad area, you're going to a bad side of town, that's not necessarily where things can happen. You know, no one expected something bad to happen at the mall. You know, you don't expect something to happen while you're sitting in a movie theater, you know, at your favorite movie. Because what if that person who's going after that, you know, that girlfriend or, you know, or that person who's dating their previous girlfriend and you just happen to be in that area, you know, because they're going after them, that's what we're seeing and that's what's happening. Uh, you get caught in the crossfire. And if you don't have the tools, you know, to or the know-abouts or the, you know, the foresight to get out of that area, to have that plan of where my out is, where my exit, where am I sitting? Am I sitting, you know, at the edge of the aisle? You know, everyone can't sit at the edge of the aisle. Unfortunately, someone's got to sit in the middle of the aisle, in the middle of the road. So, you know, I try to sit in certain places to position myself where I can grab my family members and get out of that position, that, that get out of that place. So you have to think about those things. I position myself a lot of times where I, I just, I honestly do not like my back to the door. I like to see everything, you know, everyone that comes in and out of a place. I really hate, it. and if and if you if I do have my back to the door, nine times out of 10, I'm probably looking at a mirror, a reflection of the door where I can see someone that's coming inside. So you know, just, you know, little things like that, you just got to think about, you know, um, and, the, and these shootings happen. It's the same thing. You know, all of 2021, we're seeing the exact same thing that's happened. And I want us to learn from these things in 2021. So hopefully in 2022, we can do something differently. You know, unlike, you know, the brawls that have happened in Miami at the airport, unlike, you know, uh, the uh, police, you know, these different little different little things that we're seeing. I want us to do something different for 2022. You know, this is a new year. It's fresh. Let's start off fresh and let's try to do something different. Let's try not to put ourselves in those same positions. Let's try to be nicer to each other, even your, your your family. We need to try to do that at home, be nicer to each other. You know, 
look over that person to your left and, you know, give them a kiss, give them a hug and let them know you love them, you appreciate them um, and try to be a little nicer and, and pass that along. And, and, and that way we go out about our day and, and hopefully when you're driving down the road, you can pass that along and that cuts down on that road rage. You know, get a little less anger. You know, breathe. Take your mask off while you're sitting in your vehicle. You're driving on I-35 and going down on Mopac and breathe. Just take a deep breath and inhale and then exhale. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about, and, and, and actually someone asked a, a really great question. And does, does increased gun ownership mean an increase in white supremacy? And I, I don't think it does. Uh, because in 2020, what we saw is we saw a lot of people that are typically not your gun owners actually purchase firearms. And could we be seeing, and I'm, let me throw this at you, uh, with the people that we've seen purchase firearms in 2020, which are your not typical gun owners, could it be the lack of training that these people did not get is that were, you know, and lack of conflict resolution, lack of classes, you know, that we're seeing could be, an, you know, helping the increase of violence that we're seeing of homicides. Is that uh, those do to those two things correlate with each other? You know, but I don't I don't think an increase of gun ownership means an increase in white supremacy. I don't think that at all. Uh, I do think, you know, it, a gun is a tool. Anything else that you people use is just going to be a tool. And I'm very confident in that stance. And no matter what you, you know, you believe, I think people, if, if someone wants to do something to you, they're going to do it, whether they, you know, and they're going to find a way of doing it regardless. Uh, I do think a lot of people on the other side, you know, we've seen people from different walks of life in 2020 decide to get a firearm because of the country shutting down, because of COVID-19, because of protests and riots and things of that nature. And Lack of law enforcement, law enforcement standing down or not enough police officers on the street that we're seeing them decide to take their own personal protection in their own hands. And because I see people from all different walks of life come into the gun store, you know, it doesn't matter their race or nationality. I see all different types of people that come in, decide to purchase firearms for either for sport, for pleasure because they want to collect. I have a lot of people that just want to collect firearms, never fired not one of their guns at all, and will buy guns on a consistent basis. You know, a customer that will buy guns, you know, on a weekly basis, never fired not one gun, doesn't even go to the gun range, but he likes to collect them. And there are people that want to have them for their own personal protection. You know, but if you're not paying attention, you may lose that ability to purchase certain types of firearms come 2022. Because of the, the the people don't you don't understand the complexity of our gun laws and how it's confusing be, you know between what is an AR pistol 
What is an AR rifle? What is an AOW? What is a short barrel firearm? Take a look at this video here of how confusing it can really be. We're going to talk about pistols. Look at that. It's very simple. It's a pistol. Everybody knows what a pistol is, and that's a pistol. Click. Look at this. This isn't a pistol. This is an AOW. I see that it kind of looks like a pistol, but it's it's clearly not a pistol. Click. Um, who made this PowerPoint? Uh, that that's a pistol. Also a pistol. Apparently, don't need a tax stamp for that one. Click. All right. Um, let's go back. Click. Okay, so this one's a pistol. Next. Click. This one's a rifle. Apparently, this is a rifle. Oh, because it has a stock. It's got a shoulder thing in the back there. So this one's a rifle. Uh, let, let's just move on. Next. All right. So here we got a rifle. As you can see, everything's in there. It's a 14 inch, 14 and a half inch barrel that's been pinned to 16. Got a nice banana clip. Perfect rifle. Click. Well, th this looks like the same. What's different here? All right. This is an SBR. This is illegal. You'll go straight to jail for this one. Pay your $200 tax stamp or go straight to jail. Hold on, we're going to go back again and see the difference between this one and the, the previous one. Click. All right, so this one's a rifle. Click. This one's an SBR. All right, moving on. Next. This one's a pistol. All right, let's go back. Click. This one's a SBR. Click. This one's a pistol. This one's a pistol. Looks like it's, it's fine. Everything's fine with it. You can have this. No tax stamp. All right, let's 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 move on. Next. Click. This one is an AOW. Yep, this was an AOW. Straight to jail on this one. Click. Well, this looks this... All right, let's go back. Click. All right, this one's an AOW. It's in red. You go to jail for it. Next. This one is not an AOW. Oh, the grips are different. See, the grip's a little bit different. That makes a big difference, apparently. Ten years in prison for that little grip thing there. Next. All right, so here we got a rifle. Pretty much the same rifle we've been looking at this whole time. That's great. Everything's legal there. Next, click. And now yeah, it's a machine gun. All right, so let's go back. Click. Let's go forward. Click. Yeah, these are the same gun, but it used to be a rifle, but now it's a machine gun because we said it's a machine gun now. So, all right, moving on, making making this easy for you guys. Next. Oh, this isn't a rifle or a pistol. This is just a gun. These are called Title I firearms for those of you who aren't in the know. Pretty simple stuff here. Next. Okay, now it's a short-barreled shotgun. Yep, that's a short-barreled shot. All right, we're moving on. Shoelaces. Those are good. Next. And they're a machine gun. Yeah, you know, I've been working for the ATF for a while, and that's a real thing. You can really have shoelaces be machine guns, and that's why we determine that shoelaces can, in fact, be machine guns. That's that's uh, just something that we do down here. It's how we get things done. Next. All right, so if you got any questions, now would be the time to ask. If you do have any questions, after that very informative demonstration and PowerPoint I just gave, you're probably just a criminal, and, well, you should probably just go to jail. <laughs> All right. So it, if you can see there, it's it's really confusing. And what's a what's a rifle? What's a pistol? What's a AOW? What's a short barrel rifle? It can be very confusing.
it, it all it just takes a little modification of whether it's a foregrip, whether it's you know the butt stock, whether it's a bump stock. You know, it could be uh, different little things there can change, and it looks the same. Cosmetics-wise, it looks the same, but it could be considered uh, one's legal, one's illegal. One's a felony, one you shouldn't be in possession of at all, period. You know, uh, whether it's a bump stock or it, it's a rifle where it's totally legal. Uh, so a lot of different a lot of different ways there. It gets confusing. But then in 2022, it's going to be worse because in 2022, with the regulation of the way the ATF is coming out with their ruling, is there – we're going to have to – it's going to be a backdoor of registering – your pistols. Uh, it's going to be a backdoor of, they're going to get rid of 80% altogether. They're going to get rid of, if you have a firearm at all and it does not have a serial number on it, uh, you're going to have to either get it registered. You're going to, they're going to come up with some type of rule in 2022. It's going to be very hard for a lot of people and you better get ready for it. If you're not, get ready. Read up on the law, because this year, uh, later on in the year, we're gonna re we're we're gonna break this down with one of the attorneys and talk about you know their interpretation of what they come up with with this uh this final document there. So we're kind of I want to wait until they release it and say this is the final this is the final print here before we talk about it because it's changing all the time. So I don't want to want to discuss it just yet. But I think we're going to be very shocked and very surprised and very disappointed at what the ATF is going to say. They're going to come out and they're they're going to do everything in their power to get rid of anything that doesn't have a serial number on it and to get rid of AR pistols and AK pistols um, altogether and make us get them registered and go through the NFA process, and the National Firearms Act process in order to get a tax stamp for them. Uh, real quick before we uh, we get done here, I want to talk about this a shooting that happened in uh, Garland, Texas. Uh, Garland police arrested a 14-year-old shooting uh, who – a 14-year-old, 14-year-old, 14. You know, uh, the police department released a video, you know, of uh, a video of a teen opening fire inside of a gas station, a Texaco gas station. This guy basically chased someone into a gas – you know, followed someone. He didn't chase them. He followed them into the gas station and opened the front door and just fired shots. He's 14 years old. And apparently his father was driving the vehicle that the kid got out of, allegedly. And so allegedly his father was aware of everything that was going on. He knew his son was going to take the gun and go into the store and fire shots into the store. So he kind of like, you know, according to the police, you know, his father, you know, approved of, you know, this, this kid's actions. And this is the problem that we're faced in, you know, in this country. Uh, this is the problem that we face in 2021, and I hope we can change that in 2022. I hope parents, you know, we can encourage parents to be parents and start parenting their children. You know, I, I hope that we can, you know, do better for 2022. You know, be best. Let's do better. Uh, UPS driver was kidnapped, packages stolen out of Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I hope we can change that for 2022 and do something a little different. I, I, I wish people would come to class and educate themselves on what the laws are. I wish you would come to class and learn conflict resolution, you know, learn how to handle those situations. Let's get away from road rage, learn how to calm those situations down. Because if we do not, you know, it's all going to crumble down because in the end, you know what's going to happen? If you don't do something different and make a change, once you go away, when you bleed on the ground, you just the ground's gonna soak you up, and you're just gonna be washed away and become part of the earth, and no one's ever gonna remember that. 
As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 